in hindsight, I can say this because I had some, I've had some time to process and think through it, but ultimately it came down to, I wasn't proud of the person I was becoming. Okay. That was the summary of it. I wasn't proud of the husband I was. I wasn't proud of my, I, I was more cynical than optimistic. I was more um, work driven than like people driven. Mm-hmm. And it just began to weigh on me. For context, uh, over a two year period, I had 208 people either quit or get fired under my leadership. Wow. 208 faces. Were you the one making those decisions? Almost too? every time. Man, that's rough. Wow. Almost every time. That and so yeah. we went through layoffs, we went through terminations. Mm. And so it was almost every Friday I was exiting someone from the business. Mm-hmm. So you just get quite callous yeah. and yeah. withdrawn and you start treating people as their number. And I, I only remembered the people's names that hit their quota to give you an insight as to how dysfunctional wow. I was becoming. Wow. And so I just noticed that I'm like, this is not, I'm not, this is, despite the paychecks, despite the accolades, despite this great job, uh, it's not worth it. And welcome to the One Shot Podcast. We got a full house. We always love when when we can actually get one of our guests in house. Yeah, uh, because the conversation is just more real. It's more authentic. Uh, and today uh, we have Matt Tresseter, who is the CEO of Leader L E A D R. No E. They didn't have time for it because they're so busy and they're growing <laughs> so fast. It's true. <laughs> uh, but an incredible company that that we, Darren, Ben, and myself all have a relationship with and are doing incredible things. And we're going to get to that, what you're doing. But Matt, thank you. Good for to be coming. here. So I wanted you to say something first before I said accent. Something a little different. Yeah. yeah it's that thick Alabama accent if you guys can't hear <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, let's unpack this. What's going on here? I was, uh, I, I started off cold calling. And so you want to hear my corny line that I open calls with? Go ahead. I'd say, I'd say something along the lines of, I come from a place a little south of Texas. Have you heard of it? <laughs> and they'd say, no, is it Mexico? And I'd say, no, it's New Zealand. And they'd say... I've never heard of New Zealand. <laughs> and I'd be like, great, we can become friends. Cool. And then I was just like, buy my stuff. <laughs> so so anyway, you sold yet? I'm a, I'm a sellout. That's fine. Oh, I'll, I'll own it. I love it. I love it. But part of the reason uh, that, Matt, we wanted to have you in and, and just have this conversation, one is we just finished um, a four-part series on leadership uh, based on uh, Jocko's uh, Extreme Ownership book. And what you guys are doing with Leader, but man, your journey is incredible. And how old are you? I'm 32. 32. Mm, 32. The soul of like a 52 year old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's a good number, too. Damn good number. Yeah, 52. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Darren's super old. So yeah, that's why we, yeah, yeah. That's why he likes that. But uh, man, your journey is incredible. Mm. You're the CEO of a company that, and we were just talking before the show, is exploding. Yeah. Um, I mean, the things that you're doing, the impact that you're making, particularly in um, like the church sector, the nonprofit mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I think and I see that, uh, you know, I wish that we could take and wish we're working on it, but mm-hmm. bringing your products and um, and and your expertise as a company into just the mainstream business as well, because mm-hmm. every organization needs what you guys are providing. Um, so really excited about that. But man. You're thirty-two year old CEO in in an economy yeah. that I mean is just insane right now. Mm-hmm. And and it's not by accident. 
that you're in the position you are. So we want to dig into your story, you know, growing up in the deep South. Yep. Deep, deep South. <laughs> deep, deep <laughs> South. Uh, and then, and then how you came to the States, what that looked Love like, it. but man, take us all the way back to that Island life. Island. Yeah. So New Zealand's famous for 4 million people, 25 million sheep. So is that legit? Wait, wait, that's legit. Up. That's for real? For real. Four, 4 million people, 25 million sheep. Oh my gosh. So there's a few things we're known for. We're known for that. We're known for rugby. Mm-hmm. And we're known for Lord or Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. yeah. Because yes. it's filmed. Yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. Right. So it's all black in the yeah. museum? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All blacks. Yeah. All blacks. Yeah. 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 And uh, that's like about it. So we're not known for mm-hmm. technology companies or startups or anything like that. And so when a buddy of mine, Chris, started one, he's like, hey, you want to join a startup? I didn't even know what that meant. So I was like, great. Uh, sure. Sounds good. Yeah. I interviewed. They said no to the interview and uh i said well i'll work for free so i just oh. i turned up on monday and said i'm just going to start here and i joined as their first salesperson never having done sales before so oh. that's how i got wow, in the door i just minute. forced my way in <laughs> okay so where was it was this in new zealand, in new zealand. at the time yeah okay. Auckland, new zealand okay did you have any background with chris uh chris is chris he slipped chris he a dear yeah. friend of ours yeah as well. which we will we are yeah. also having on the show yeah so he was my he was my youth leader Okay. Uh, 10 years prior to when I started at Pushpay, which was the, the startup company. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So take us back though. Growing up, what, what was, I mean, brothers, sisters, what was family dynamic you know, growing up school? Three what? younger brothers. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, no sisters, almost anywhere in the family. It's just boys yeah. everywhere. Right. So mm-hmm. if our, all dogs that we had growing up were boys, <sighs> all my cousins were boys. So mum was just surrounded. It was great. The sheep, yeah. the sheep were boys. The sheep are boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Just yeah, how many sheep did you own? Way too many. Yeah. Way too many. <laughs> was it so, just like a thing? Like everybody just has sheep? Um, so not really, but if you were an Australian and likes to make fun of New Zealanders, you would just assume that everyone had pet sheep. Uh, and yeah. So, okay. uh, if you want to dig at me, I mean, this will work. Yeah. Okay, yeah you'll get some good sheep mileage boy. out of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. What else we got? So, <laughs> there are some really, <laughs> uh, we can go dark with this really Next. quickly. <laughs> yeah, we, may, we may not be online very long, very long if we did that. But so walk us through just like lifestyle differences yep. between New Zealand and the States. It's hard to, you don't know when you're there, right? Mm -hmm. Until you leave. And so it wasn't until, and so I moved to Seattle eight years ago, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I moved to Texas, you start to understand some of the really key cultural differences. So one of them is something called tall poppy syndrome. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of that before? Tall Tall poppy syndrome. No, what is that? So in a a flower of poppies or flowers, Uh uh, there's always one that's sitting above the rest. And in New Zealand and Australia, there's this thing called the tall poppy syndrome, which is anytime someone rises above someone else, you Mm -hmm. cut them down. Mm, and uh-huh. you bring them down to their level. So in New Zealand culture, there's this idea of uh, don't celebrate success or excellence. And if you do, you'll be torn down for it because we want everyone to be on the our same. level. And right. so anytime huh. someone does something uh, extraordinary, if someone right. makes a lot of wealth, the, the, the next question is how much of that are you giving away? And mm-hmm. you're going to move out of town, aren't you? You're not going to be here anymore. Uh-huh. And there's all of this sort of tearing down of your character. Right. Mm. That is embedded in the New Zealand culture. Oh. But you don't know it's there until you leave. Because really? over here, everyone wants to be a winner. Well, and first yeah. of all, the, the, it goes against you because Matt is 6'5". Yeah. Yeah, so he's yeah. tall anyways. <laughs> yeah. So he's already standing out. Yeah, I lost when I was born. <laughs> yeah. was like, I already wasn't going to fit in here. <laughs> but what, so what do you think that that comes from? Why, why culturally mm. in New Zealand and, and in Australia, like you mentioned, 
why do you think that that's the case? Because it's such a tight knit community. Because it's there's that for sure. There's uh, th- there's also a positive side to it, which is this idea of community. Yeah. Like we're all together and we're all yeah. in this together. Uh-huh. But Communism. if you swing, com- yeah. But if you swing yeah. that to the nth degree. <laughs> I mean, we can get into that. We can for sure get into that. Uh, (laughs) We want to go there because we we can. You just said the C word. (laughs) I just just pushed the mark. (laughs) You'll get me fired up. (laughs) Okay, so we'll get into communism here in a little bit, but <laughs> he did it again. But I'm more, I'm more, I'm more intrigued. Are we bleeping with you. that out? Yeah, yes, yeah. we will. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's going to be some, there's going to be a little uh, yeah. thing on the bottom of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Warning. We do not support this type of language and the theology. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so, so it, it, it comes from that idea of, uh, we want everyone to be okay. And, yeah. and the, the, um, the average cost of living, the average income, everything, the quality of life in New Zealand is amazing. Yes. And so uh, we're like the world's best kept secret. We're tucked away in the bottom of the earth. No one knows that we exist and we have great lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a huge positive to that. Mm-hmm. But the negative of that comes down to this idea of don't make too much of yourself. Just mm-hmm. do just enough. Yeah. Um, there are folks that I look up to that break the mold of that. But yeah. generally speaking, that's how it is. So, yeah. so what t- type of professions are, are people typically doing? All the things. Yeah. Yeah. All the things. But just people aren't just, I don't know. I guess it's hard for me to grasp this concept of staying equal with everybody else. So like, are you striving to be the best at something or is it just kind of good enough is is good enough? Okay. So true story. So my first job out of college, and when I say that, I mean, I dropped out of college, not that I graduated. Hey, way to go. You're a New Zealander. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, So my first role worked in a large bank in a, in a call center environment. We did small loans and lending. It was, uh, not very fulfilling. Oh, say that. riveting. I'm oh sure. man, it mm. was life giving. <laughs> the, the term that I like to use. <laughs> life giving. <laughs> life giving work. Uh, five hundred people on the call on the floor. Oh. Five hundred people on the call oh center, and you just do calls all day. And so your average was seventy to eighty dials a day. And uh, I got obsessed with trying to break all the records. Uh-huh. And so uh, you had these metrics on your screen that would light up green if you were hitting your call numbers, and they would light up red if you weren't. And if it was lighting up red, a manager would walk behind you and stare at you and just look at I, you with... I know that. Balls. I know exactly. Right? With the, with the mug. They don't even say not. anything. Yeah. That's what Darren does at you our could, office. Yeah. You could go ahead and uh, fill out that TPS yeah. report. That uh, would be great. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Uh, okay, so I try to break all the records and uh, I, I, I was the top performing call center employee mm-hmm. uh, for a, a three-month stretch, which, you know, you say that now, it's like, wow, you must have been really proud of call center employee number one (laughs) let's just move on past that uh uh, i get into my performance review with my manager probably six weeks after that and i thought i was going to get promoted Uh because i was number one in the team and she says to me uh the team's been complaining about you you're making them look bad because you're working too hard my boss to me says we need you to work slower do less work That's true amazing. story. That, wow. True story. I mean, it sounds like New Zealand is full of haters. <laughs> like, why are there so many people? Like, you just had success. Like, in this country, you would right. be rewarded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Not what so was much. your reaction to that? I didn't know any better. I was 20, 21, mm-hmm. 22. And uh, I was just highly discouraged. And uh, for that moment onwards, I quit after about nine months. 
But after that, I just decided I'm just going to do Coast. just enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just enough oh my to not get noticed. So, but there was something in you because you came in saying, hey, I'm going to be number one. Yeah. Where did mm-hmm. that come from? Where did that come from? Your parents was, you know, was there an athletics, you know, background where the competition actually is okay to be great? Because, I mean, like you said, rugby, I mean, you are the best in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that strange? There's such a parody, parody yeah. there yeah. in a sense. Um, so I think it came from my dad and my granddad. Okay. Um, both of them self-made men. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them built their, their business from scratch, from nothing. And so I grew up with this idea of I don't, just because I don't have a degree doesn't mean I can't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just put that chip on my shoulder and I yes. just, I live by it and I love it. Oh, Eat that's that great. chip all day. That's great. Yeah. 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 So the message at home was be the best you can be. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But then when you go out in culture, it's like, yep. Hey, just do enough. Exactly. Yeah. Just do enough. Wow. And, 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 uh, you know, I'm sitting here like crapping on my home country. <laughs> no, but no, no. The, 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 the other side of that is uh, people live great lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you, and again, you don't know if, until you're in Texas or you don't know until you're mm-hmm. in Seattle where you're like, wow, I'm a, I can accomplish so much more. Mm-hmm. I can go so much further. I just didn't realize yeah. that I could go yeah. that much faster. From that perspective, are people less stressed over there, would you say? Is it more of a relaxed culture, more laid back? So I'll put it this way. The country shuts down for six weeks over Christmas and New Year's. So uh, our summer break is not like a week off here and there. The, the schools close and every shop and everything shuts down from December 1 through to about end of January, early February. Oh, wow. Like a buddy of mine I was mm. chatting to back home recently who uh, he does software development. So he's in the same context as I am. And so we try and ch- share war stories. And uh, I'm, we're in Christmas season. It's the end of the month for us, end of the quarter for us. So everyone's working. Chaos. End of like, the year. I mean, wrapping up end of the year numbers. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so what are we doing in America? Well, we're trying to win. And right. so everyone's working 50, 60 hours a week. And that's just normal. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, oh, it's so stressful. I can't believe it. Uh, there's just so much happening right now. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, and I'm off next week for the next six weeks, and uh, I just I'm going to come back in February, and I'm going to be so busy again. Oh, my. <laughs> oh wow, that's something. Wait, what do you, you could, say to that? Yeah, man, you could actually <laughs> unplug the time in between. Right. <laughs> and so, who doesn't want that? Yeah. yeah, right. Who doesn't want that? And then they look at the culture over here, and they think workaholic. They mm. think yeah. lack of balance. They think lack of health. And so, there's definitely both sides to it. Well, and I think that that's, that's one of the things that we talk about a lot, right? Is how do we, we don't agree with the idea of balance, right? Because balance indicates that it's stagnant and it doesn't Mm -hmm. move, right? So if you're looking at a scale, okay, it's, it's there. Everything's always moving. So how do you manage time more effectively to accomplish and to grow and to make an impact and to do all those things, but then also still want to be a champion, you know, like it's that balance of it. And that's, and again, I just said it, but like that, that nuance of figuring out, okay, hey, how do I manage it? Um, but I get New Zealand though. Like I get it because honestly, in my opinion, I haven't been, but everybody that I've spoken to that's from there or has visited, it's it's as close to utopia yeah. on I earth agree. as you can find. Yeah. yeah. Because of the community, because of the yeah. the natural beauty, because of the pace of life, because of like Extreme capital, extreme sports capital of the world is New Zealand, right? So you literally, what is it? Uh, Bungee jumping was invented there. Bungee jumping, yep. skydiving. So you can literally, you're looking up at a valley and you see like parachutes. What, where, where am I thinking of? Uh, Queenstown. Yes. Yeah. So Queen, like there's like 
10 people skydiving. You see bungee jumping. You see the world's largest swing through a canyon. Yeah. That's too much free time. You see like these. Too much free time. Case in point. But you, I get, get you get bored and you start jumping off mountains. Yeah. But I get trying to protect it. Sure. And I get if that's the life that you've grown and you look at America, it's like, mm-hmm. why are you stressing so much? Exactly. Y'all are out of shape. You guys have multiple, like way more health, mental health issues than, than we do here. Like, yeah. For what? Yeah. You're, we're all going to the same place when we're dead yeah. anyways. Yeah. So when I, when I left and came to Seattle, my pastor back home said to me, uh, he said, uh, hey, Matt, you're pretty special here. You're like one out of 50, one out of 100. Mm-hmm. Just so you know where you're going to in Seattle, you're maybe one out of a million. Mm-hmm. It's far more competitive. So that's what got – so did you ever – did you dream about leaving when you were a young kid? Did you ever think, okay, listen, I, I, at some point I've had enough of – what I'm going through here in New Zealand. I want more. I want to accomplish some more things. Did you think about that? Did you have that mindset growing up? Uh, so there's something in New Zealand called the OE, Overseas Experience, mm-hmm. which almost every kid does when they finish high school. Okay. Instead of going straight into college, everyone takes a year off, the gap, we call it a gap year, mm-hmm. and okay. everyone goes and escapes. It's amazing. And, and so you, you heard of it before? Yeah. yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. And it's great because it gets you out. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely got a taste of it. Okay. Once, yeah. I, once I left. Okay. So the, the comment that your pastor made to you, was that energizing to you or was that, uh, or was that more discouraging to you? Like, ugh. For sure, energizing. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Like, okay. For sure, well, energizing. One in a million. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, I'll prove you wrong. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll prove oh, you I love wrong. that. Uh. See, and again, I think that, that that's something, you know, it's a combination of being just genetically in you, like how you're wired, but then also the experiences and the influences you have in your life, like your right. dad and grandfather. And right. folks like Chris and yep. my parents just saying, we believe. Yeah. Like, right. It doesn't matter what everyone else is saying. If yeah. you, if I believe you can go further than you can. And yeah. so then that becomes the overarching mentality mm-hmm. as opposed to what society or whatnot would say. Man, I love yeah. that. Okay. So, so you, yeah, you quit the job after nine months, mm-hmm. tired of being it, trying to Trying to strive to be average. <laughs> strive to be average. Yeah. That's the title of my next book. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's the best so what, what was next for you? you? You walk away from that and then what? Did that. I went and worked at an Apple store as an assistant store manager for oh. about a year. Mm. And then uh, they shut the store down. So I got laid off. And that was they on shut a, the Apple store down. Isn't that how crazy? Do you, how do you shut the Apple store down? I don't know. They weren't selling enough Apple phones. Well, <laughs> yeah. Store manager said, "Hey, look, we're going to be average. So average wait times That's are going to be ninety to one hundred twenty minutes minimum." So true. <laughs> Never heard of an Apple store Seriously. being shut down. Dude, you're blowing my mind all sorts of ways yeah. right now. I'm telling you, it's different back there. Down yeah. under, things are a little different. Uh, so I that was on a that was on a Friday, and then uh, a week later, I walked into PushPay and said, okay. "Hey, Chris, I'm." Gonna work here. Okay. So give us a little background on push pay, a little bit on Chris. Okay, so you know, he's a CPA by trade, by by school, and then he started this technology. Talk talk through push pay. Yeah, his story is amazing. So he was a CPA, he'd he'd started and failed at 14 different businesses, Mm. and then he came up with this idea um called push pay, which was how do we make giving as easy as buying a song on iTunes? That was the the concept. Mm -hmm. And so the whole mission statement was we want to unleash spontaneous generosity. Mm -hmm. I can get behind that. I want to be a part of that. I can make 70 to 100 calls a day for sure. Right? And that was it. It Forget the fact that I've never done sales. Forget Mm -hmm. the fact that I don't have a background in tech or software or any of that. Like that mission, I'm in. Mm -hmm. I'm in. And so they started that in 2012. Went public in New Zealand in 2014. And uh, now they're... 
applauded as top 10 top five most successful software companies in the country oh wow insane <laughs> insane so you go to him yes. and you say i'm gonna work for free yeah so i said all i need you to do is cover my rent okay yeah so free sounds better yeah don't let details Never. get in the way of a good story a hundred percent a hundred percent so uh yeah just my okay. rent all and right. uh, so it was eight weeks before I made my first sale, and okay. then they put me on a hundred percent commission based role, and I lived in that for about two years. Okay. Sorry, yeah. how old did you say you were at this yeah. point? Twenty three. Okay. Okay. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. It's it's weird. I'm thinking this is like fifteen years right. ago. Right. Yeah. 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 Think about this. This is a twenty three year old, right? That yeah. one has been abroad for a year, mm -hmm. right? Has traveled. Has done that has worked for a large bank, been a top producer, then yeah. ran an Apple store, and then walked, dropped out of college. Dropped out of college, college all through And high time. school, by the way. I dropped out of high school, too. Did you Wait really? Yeah. yeah. How do you get to college if you dropped out of high school? How'd so, that, you get a I don't know how it works over here, but you can get your, your college entrance in your second to last year of high school. What's, oh. what's that called over here? GED. Yeah, so yeah. you can get your university entrance oh, in junior okay. year. Uh -huh. And so uh, I last year, I just didn't turn up. So this is no point. This is extra. I already yeah. did it. I did so what I, I needed to do. Got into college, but failed high school. So yeah, you're doing wow. a terrible job at fitting in. <laughs> <laughs> Graduating early, dropping out of every. Oh man! All the moms are turning down. <laughs> Just don't listen. Kids, don't listen. <laughs> you will not be successful. If you follow this yeah, we should say this is not the mentality any of you should take that is listening to this. But no, but I mean, here's the thing though: is the mentality is exactly it, right? And how you approached it and how you attacked it is exactly it, right? Mm -hmm. The other things are details. And, and traditionally, it's like, okay, you've got to go to school. you got to go to college. you got to get a degree. Mm -hmm. But more and more now, we're learning that that translates very little, if any, to what you're actually doing professionally. Right. So people come out less ready for life out of college than mm -hmm. somebody that transitioned out of high school and got into the workforce. Yeah. So it's hard. It's, and, it, and it's hard for me as a parent to say, you've got to go to college. You've got to go to college. My wife's really big on it because she didn't. Right. And, and I did, but I'm like, no offense, but like my Com 128 class, inter, interpersonal communication <laughs> has nothing to do with what I'm doing. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't get anything from that. Yeah, my pottery class hey. that I took my sophomore year had, man. Dude. I didn't even. You haven't made. You I haven't, haven't made any, a hand sculpting no, pot for no, Tiffany yet. No hand sculpting. See, or anything. see you're I missing big on some <laughs> gifts, man. I know Valentine's Day just passed, but dude, handcrafted hand hand ceramic dude, gift for Tiffany. I would pay a lot of money to see you back on that wheel. I failed. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a quick minute to talk about our partner, Choctaw Casino and Resort. Uh, we are really, really humbled uh, and grateful to be a partner for them. If you've listened to the show for any amount of time. Uh, you've heard how great the resort is there, how great the casino is, the new expansion. They've doubled in size, 3,000 new slots. They've got unbelievable sports bar. They've got unbelievable restaurants, unbelievable movie theaters, arcades for kids. It is endless, the things that they've not only improved but added. Um, but it's just an the, the experience that they provide is second to none. Choctaw Nation has done an incredible job with the community, with philanthropy, with support. Um, they have just done incredible things. So we are extremely humbled and grateful to partner with Choctaw Casino and Resort. Make sure, I know you know it, but it's just a short drive up 75. Go check them out. And now back to the episode. 
So okay, so so but again, it's it's about it's about motivation, drive, mm-hmm. commitment, consistency. I mean, there's there's so many things that like you possess to overcome mm-hmm. what the outside looks at as this is the path to success. Right. Because you create like your dad and your grandfather did is they created their own path. Exactly. And and just breaking the traditional flow of what that has to look yeah. like. And I think that's great. Yeah. And I and I don't want the conversation to be don't go to college because that works for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the conversation should be you don't have to go to college yeah. great point. for certain professions yeah. and degrees. So we talk a lot about the idea and I want to continue. I want to come back to. New Zealand to Seattle sure. and what that transition looked like. Cause that's a big move, right? That's mm-hmm. scary. But I want to, I want to talk about the idea of like purpose, right? And when you said, Hey, that's something that I can get behind mm. the difference of just doing a job for a check and then actually believing in the product mm. that you're selling. How important is that for you? It's the most important thing. The most important thing. There's a, um, a VC firm out of New York called uh, BlackRock yep. and uh, they did a, a conference a few years back and one of the the auditors was sharing the the reasons that they or the things that they look for when they invest into different companies and the analyst posed the question something along the lines of what's the number one thing that you look for mm-hmm. and you're in a vc conference you're thinking they're going to talk about burn they're going to mm-hmm. talk about uh, product market fit they're going to mm-hmm. talk about road to uh, minimum viable product or something and he said the thing that separates great companies from good companies is when they have a strong mission Mm. every single time. And this is a company that all they do is look at a balance sheet to determine whether it's a good investment. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's the fascinating thing. So an analyst is saying outside looking in the most successful companies have mission. And I've felt that from day one. I mean, at the end of the day, we have a very short amount of time here on the earth. Mm -hmm. And so we have to do something that's meaningful. And Jim Collins says without meaningful work, there's no such thing as a meaningful life. Right. And you know, it's weird that you, I mean, you're, you're you're talking in this way, but you you come from a background that doesn't speak that. I mean, that's a, like a, that's almost like the background here in the states where you're so driven, you're driven, you're driven, you're pushing, you're competitive, and it's, you know, it, it's always about you know winning and winning, and winning. Your background doesn't say that. Mm. You know where you're where you're from. It's more uh, about humility. Yes, and, 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 and surviving in that way. So where does that come from? Was that just innate in you? From I know you said your grandma, your grandfather, and your your dad, but where does that burn deep into you? Because you, you're competitive. Oh at, yeah, at heart. I've never lost a thing ever. Right. Yeah, not once. Not once. <laughs> not once. Yeah. Not once. Okay. No, no, no. Um, I, th- uh, I think it was developed. I don't think it was something that I just had. Hmm. I think uh, it's. When do you do you remember when? That started the the most intense part, the most intense time in my life in terms of when I grew the most and uh-huh. when I learned the most about myself was when I had. A, I know you don't want to get there quite no, yet, go, but when, after I'd moved over to Seattle, I'm mm-hmm. still in a hundred percent commission based role, and my visa's tied to the company. Mm-hmm. So if I get fired, so if I miss my number, I get fired. Right. If I get fired, I'm out. Right. There's mm-hmm. no there's no go down the street and shop for sponsorship mm-hmm. at another company. Right. It's either you hit your number or you're deported. Mm. Okay. So that wow. that weight hanging over me of the last thing I want to do, and I remember thinking this every single month it was just coming up as we were closing out. Uh, I do not want to go back home with my tail between my legs saying to my family I failed. Wow. And I also knew that if I didn't make it this time, what's the likelihood that I was going to go home, pick myself up, and do it again? Right. I, I just thought, and I mean, it's called one shot, right? Yeah. I, I literally thought that. This is the one shot that I have. And mm-hmm. so... It was that desire to not get kicked out of the greatest country on earth mm-hmm. and go back to New Zealand with all the sheep that right. I'm like, uh, I have to give it everything. 
And so I think a lot of it was birthed out of that deep insecurity of I have to give it all. So uh, yeah. it's interesting because I think in our, in our culture, like today, right? Leading by fear sometimes is like shunned. It's like, you can't, no, 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 no. We talk about it all the time. The reason the nineties Cowboys are different than current day Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And I'm part of the current day Cowboys. I, I associate with that is that there was an amount a little bit, not a little bit. There was There's a, a lot significant of amount Absolutely. of fear yeah. that if I didn't show up every day and give everything that I had, I'm not going to have a job tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I lived that way in my career just because I wasn't good enough and I was on the <laughs> bubble every single day. Like, all right, it's Tuesday. Can we cut Tyler today? Ah, <laughs> oh, dang, he showed up again. <laughs> so, so it's, it, it's, it's frowned upon in like this, like, hey, make everybody feel good culture that we're in right now. There, there's, there's some legitimate like reasons to have an element of fear, have some nervousness that when I show up, I've got the adrenaline because it's like, I can't go back. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Two weeks ago, uh, we did, uh, we kicked off our financial year. Yeah. We had the company sitting down and uh, one of the, the, we did a panel. One of the staff asked me, what motivates you most? What, what motivates you to come to work every single day? And uh, I thought about giving a fluffy answer. Yeah. And I was like, why don't I just tell the truth for once and yeah. see how this lands in the room? I was right. like, well, this is going to be awkward, but the honest answer is the biggest thing that gets me coming to work is not letting you all down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that keeps me up at night, that I'm going to be the reason why we're not successful, yeah. that I'm going to be the wow. reason why we don't hit our numbers, wow. that I'm going to be the reason why we don't raise mm, this next sweet. round. Yeah. And so I just told the room, I'm like, that's what motivates me. Yeah. And there are other things, yeah, mission sure. we just yeah. talked yeah, about, sure. yeah. uh, all those other things, but that motivates me probably the most. I just don't want to be the bottleneck. So... Yeah. Through like the, I don't want to say fear because I don't, and I, I know you well enough. I don't know you real, real well, but it, I, it doesn't feel like you lead with fear and you're, and you're fearful all the time. But in the grind, because you're definitely in a grind phase, do you find joy throughout the day? Or is it, because there's that balance like, oh, I need to change careers because I never find joy. I think, <laughs> I think if, if you're only looking to be happy all the time when you work, yeah. you're missing out on a lot because, hey, look, if you embrace the grind, if you embrace the just the hard times, you're like, look, I know that I'm not going to be happy and I'm looking forward to it. Agreed. Agreed. Here's the thing I tell myself to get to keep my sanity throughout the day. I say, if you're not laughing, you're crying. Yeah. <laughs> because if you lean into what's really happening right. and you stop and someone's like, so how was your day? Good. How was it really? Um, yeah. uh, I don't know if I want to talk about it. Right. What happened? And yeah. you start to go through everything that happened and then you start to realize Oh wow, that was a really yeah. that was a really bad quote unquote mm, day. Yeah. It's like no, it wasn't because you you didn't make it a bad day because you just brushed it off and said, huh, if I'm not if I'm not treating it with this sort of lightheartedness, yeah. then I'm going to be in a pit of despair." Yeah, and I've been there yeah. too. <laughs> no, see, and and I love and that's a great point. I, I love when you know what people. Darren's good at this. Is like when you when, when you look at somebody and you ask that question you just asked. And I think that one of the things that you guys do in your model is that in training leaders to be better leaders to their is like having and asking those questions. Of course. And asking uh, like, no no no, how, how are you really? Cuz men, what do we do? Like, oh, that's great. I'm great. Dude, I'm in. on that yeah. grind, dude. Yeah. Hey, another another day in paradise, brother. Yeah. Like the the cliché office answer, oh, right? Yeah. And and it, when someone actually stops like, no, How's it going? It's super awkward when people do that super to you, awkward. but it's, it's needed, yeah. right? Yeah. It's needed because again, if nothing else, it forces a person to self-reflect a little bit more Agreed. and say, okay, mm -hmm. hey, you know, what, what phase am I in right now? What's it like? How's today? Yeah. How did I perform? 
you know, how am I ending the day? So true. Yeah. So, so true. all right. So let's go back to the story and what talk through that transition from push bag going to New Zealand to the States. So Chris and his co-founder came to me and said, Hey, we're moving the headquarters to America. Mm-hmm. And me and the three buddies who I'd hired, and then they promoted me to their sales manager because now I'm leading my friends, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we were sitting there in the room being like, that sounds great. Good for you guys. How many are in the company at this point? Right? Um, so at this point, there was probably 30 of us. 30, okay. So I, I jo- yeah, I joined as number five, and okay. I left when we had around 500. Okay. Um, you missed a great line. I did. Oh, that, I missed it. We'll, go, we'll go back. Like, that was great. That's great. <laughs> good for, good you for you guys. Like, how are you going to wear <laughs> and that's that's legitimately what happened. That's legitimately what happened. They said, uh, they said we're moving the HQ to America, and we said, great, sounds good, go for it. And they go, oh, we'll rephrase that. Uh, you're moving to America. And Who broke been, the news? Is this Chris? This is breaking, Chris. Okay. This is right. Chris breaking the news. I got to put a face to this because <laughs> yeah. I know Chris so well. Yeah. Like, oh, Chris, Chris is having this yeah. conversation. Okay. Yeah. So he's saying, no, you're moving to America. And we're saying, but we don't want to move. <laughs> and he said, well, you're not going to have a job. And I said, we would love to move. That sounds amazing. We get the opportunity to move. That sounds great. We're in. So that's what happened. Okay. What, what did you heard about the States before, you know, what's going through your mind about thinking U.S., Seattle? Have you traveled to the States? Had you traveled? Like, what, what was going through a your mind? A little bit, but mostly so uh, we, were in, we were the sales team and the time difference in New Zealand is pretty rough. So we started at 4 a.m. was when we made our first call in the day. And then we went through to about... 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon and in the afternoon we did all the other work like getting the website because you had a lot of clients in the states correct everyone was everyone everyone was because again there's like 5 people in New Zealand we sold all of them (laughs) there was no one left to buy so so they bought 5 people in context and it was mostly churches you were selling to correct exactly mostly okay and so we had we had 5 of the 5 churches yeah we had 5 of the 5 churches how many sheep work for you yeah exactly that's how we counted them yeah and so we didn't want to wake up at 4 a.m. And, uh, and we knew we wanted to stay with the company. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't really a choice. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what was that? And you said you'd done some traveling to the States, but like, what was, what was the first month like transitioning into, into Seattle? Cause Seattle's a unique market. You know, it's, it's different. And this different. was what year, what year was this? 2013. 13. Okay. Yeah. Very different. It was lonely. Yeah. I did not enjoy it. Mm. Oh, yeah, huh? there, there wasn't a happy story. I didn't land, and there was like amazing celebrations <laughs> yeah. and things pop. No, it was uh, it was really lonely. Yeah. It was really isolating. I was a huge. I was in youth leadership. I volunteered a lot of my time in youth, yeah. and uh, so that was all gone. Yeah. Friends and family all gone. Sold all my belongings. I think I had like one or two bags, mm-hmm. and so it was just us, mm. just me and the, the three buddies of yeah. us that moved over. And so it was very, very isolating, very lonely, and just summed up as buyer's remorse. Like, yeah. I think we made the wrong decision. Yeah. 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 So what was the reason? I, I want to go back on What was the reason why the company moved to the, to the States? We were growing. So we just had gone public mm-hmm. and we were growing so fast, but we had capped out in the amount of uh, companies we could have sold in, in New Zealand, essentially. Mm. Okay. And so we needed to move our, our headquarters uh, over to where our biggest market was going to be anyway. So did you have anyone try to talk you out of the move? Family, your mom, your mom, dad. I'm sure I did. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I usually just ignore those sort of <laughs> right. comments. Yeah. Like, when you when you get so set in your ways of what yeah. you know you're called to do, right? Uh, a lot of that just becomes background noise. But I'm sure yeah. there was. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure there was. 
Yeah, it's like when someone says, like, that's too much peanut butter on your... Uh, Fake news. Yeah, Fake exactly. News. No, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. No, 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 no. Get out of here. Um, all right, so so you're going through a really, you know, difficult, I would say dark time, you yeah. know, and and Seattle's weather doesn't, like... No. Doesn't no. lend any no. help to to that. I mean, the, the lack of vitamin D is, is a real deal up there. And so... It's talking true. To, talking to Ben. Yeah, yeah, talking yeah. to Ben, by the way. Yeah, for sure. we got From Seattle. Yeah, yeah, this has no. been told in the past, but but I have the widest, uh, widest <laughs> deficiency <Disease>. known <laughs> to man. My black man. I'm the one that told him that. <laughs> but I'm good now. I'm good now. Uh, Here we go. All is good. This was this was a while back. That you are right. Yeah. So October through to April was the first the first year I was there. October through to April, there was ten hours of continuous sunlight. Mm. Wait, yeah. what? Say that again. 10 hours. October through to April, 10 hours of continuous sunlight was my first year in Seattle. Mm. It just rains all Jeez. the time. Yeah. Oh. So you're working a new job. You're lonely. You don't have anything that's familiar to you. Yep. I'm staring um, out the window with the rain coming down. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like a bad movie. Like leaning, like, leaning up yeah. against the window, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like not even staring out, just leaning up against yeah. it. Yeah, have yeah. y'all seen that Kermit the, the Frog meme yes. where he's looking out the window? <laughs> yeah. That's what it's my picture. Me. You were the Kermit yeah. the Frog. Yeah. So I'll take it. Though that time, how did you stay motivated? How did you continue to perform? Because again, I know there was fear of getting deported, but you're like, may not be a bad solution <laughs> or may not be a yeah. bad option at this point. Mm -hmm. How do you stay motivated to continue chasing something bigger than, you know, what people have told you you can do? Uh, there was the mission, which we'd already talked about. There was the deported, which we'd already talked about. And then there was the team. Yeah. Of, and I just talked about that in a different context, but I didn't want to let these guys down. Yeah. So even if I was feeling feelings of remorse of mm. ah, that, I make the right decision. Maybe I should go do something else. Mm. I could go work back at the bank. Cause that was really fun. Uh, mm. I, I didn't want to let my buddies down because yeah. I, once Chris had convinced me, I was a part of the coalition to convince them to move. So yeah. mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Tell your buddies to uproot their lives and move across the world and then be like, ah, this is too hard. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, there's just no way but I would have done that. There had to be something about Chris and his leadership skills that allowed, that, that swayed you to take this chance to move on. Is there something, was there any qualities about what Chris brought to the table that thought that you that made you think I can do this I just looked at Chris and thought I'm cut from the same cloth as him mm. and so you're not allowed to say words like impossible around Chris that's mm. like you say something like it can't be done he twitches mm. it, he gets like a little trigger right like, mm. you can't and and so his mentality of we're going to figure out however whatever it takes we're going to figure out a way to make it happen right. and their their mission was to see a billion dollars of giving drop into the local church mm -hmm. and at that point i think we'd seen about five dollars probably <laughs> something like right. that yeah. and he's like it's gonna happen I'm like really a billion <laughs> yes unequivocally one billion it's like all right uh, sounds good chief we're with you all the way so it was that like deep-seated conviction yeah. and mm -hmm. this idea that he would never ever give up on it talk mm. talk about that aspect because i think that translates to so many things whatever you know we talk about goal setting it seems it does seem impossible you know you got five dollars and you're wanting to get a billion like that doesn't even compute how that's even in a realm of possibility so what's the mentality when he says something like that? I think when you're motivating a team, you have to pick something that seems impossible because mm. otherwise you're not going to hire winners because you're going to bring a bunch of people in that think you can accomplish something yeah. that mm. they thought from the jump was going to be relatively easy. Right. So the team's just not going to strive for the excellence <sighs> factor. Mm -hmm. And so 
you have to come in with something a little bit ludicrous. Mm. Like 10 years, we're going to land a man on the moon and everyone says you're a heretic and you're crazy and you're yeah. insane. Mm -hmm. If you don't come out with that, who are you motivating and inspiring, right? Yeah, that's, that's true. Good. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. I never thought about that because... If you're not on board with doing something impossible, like probably not right for our team. I and mean. there's the whole mentality of uh, aim for the, the the stars hit the moon. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that works. So yeah. last year we had a plan to double. Yeah. And we had this plan. We had the, the base plan, which was just if things stay as normal. Then yeah. we had the go fast plan, which yeah. was double. We ended up tripling in a year. Right. Oh, wow. yeah. And I look back on that and I think if we had said we just want to grow a little bit. Yeah. Mm, Instead of if we'd said yeah. we literally want to double the company, growth, guys. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Who are you motivating? Yeah. That's not exciting. Yeah. So uh -huh. no, yeah. that's good. Okay, so when did it make that's the turn in Seattle, <laughs> where you're like, okay, all right, like I'm, I see it now. You know, he's like real when talk. I when I moved, to yeah, Texas. real talk, real talk, <laughs> real talk. Yeah. Uh, we so we broke all this the software records like a, of a startup zero to 100 million of revenue in five years billion dollar valuation unicorn startup all the things i felt like a failure for almost every single stage of that journey how's huh. that and why yeah. why is that because it was never enough every record was a record to be broken and the moment that we'd hit the sales number there was another one to be hit mm -hmm. and so i recall very few moments in the middle of it stopping and going we've made it mm. huh. That's amazing that you guys didn't take the time to celebrate those wins. It was one of the reasons we were we were so effective at executing mm -hmm. and and hitting all the goals, and it was one of the reasons why the culture became relatively toxic over time mm -hmm. because we didn't stop to celebrate as much as we could have. I was just going to ask: Is that a good thing that you didn't stop to celebrate? Is that a bad thing? Is it somewhere in the middle? What's your opinion on that? It's so easy to look back on the journey and say it was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But if we hadn't have been that relentless and some could say ruthless, then would we have hit it? Mm -hmm. I don't think right. we would have. Yeah. I don't think we would have. If we didn't have a bunch of people that were going to get deported if you miss your number, would <laughs> we have hit the number? I don't think so. Mm. So it's easy for me to sit here and go, oh, we should have, should have felt like we were winning more and I should have pat myself on the back more and taken right. more vacations. But I don't think we would have made it. You said you came over with three others, right? Mm -hmm. What happened to those three others? As you guys continued to grow, the culture started to change a little bit, became, you know, like you said, toxic. What happened to those three other partners that came over with you? One went back, mm -hmm. uh, and the other two uh, stayed with the company all the way through when I was there as well. Uh -huh. uh, one became my roommate, my best man, introduced me oh. to my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, we're still good friends today. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I love easy transitions. Uh, so <laughs> Hard you, lift. You, you mentioned uh, earlier that you met your wife in Seattle. Mm. You just mentioned it now. So walk us through that interaction meeting. At least one good thing came out of Seattle, right? A lot of good things came out of Seattle, but that was the best thing. Yeah. That was the best thing. So uh, I used to joke that the only way I'd ever going to meet someone is if I interviewed them because my life was so consumed yeah. by what we were doing yeah. that I literally would not meet anyone new yeah. unless I was interviewing them. <laughs> and within six months of saying that, I interviewed my now wife. The <laughs> best part of the story is I said no. You said I no. Said no. You, hey, no game. Hey, no. All Zero of the game. game. He has all of the game. <laughs> you know anything about women? See, I have a female dog. No. I hate that dog. She loves me because I don't give her attention. My wife, when I don't give her attention, she Are you likes me more. Your dog to your he come on, did. dude. You he just, just did. did. I'm just saying, all of the game. You know how it works. Like, <laughs> mm, yeah, you're sorry. either brilliant or you're yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
right, so it was a good start. Yeah. yeah. So my my boss overrode me and said, "No, we're going to bring her on board." And for the first six months, it was like butting heads because we're both very stubborn, opinionated yeah. people. I'm a very stubborn, opinionated person. <laughs> no, really, <laughs> didn't know that. And uh, and so we just didn't get along. And then something clicked, and yeah. we're like, "We could see something happening here." Yeah, so awesome. that was pretty huh. special. So what year did you not hire her? 2015. Okay, 15. And then when did you And by the way, we didn't date either because we weren't allowed to. And so in her office. Yeah, exactly. So and and because she was on the sales team. So I went to Chris and said, Hey, I have to let you know that I'm dating Kaisa. And uh, he says, Well, great. You have two options. True story. One, you can quit. Or two, you can fire her. Because you're not allowed to date your employees, Matt. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good point. (laughs) Good point, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. What if I let's, promote let's come her up with a equal? <laughs> let's come up with a different option. And so we didn't date for three months, and then she transferred into the other department, and then it was guns blazing. Okay, so she just so had to be in a different. She just department. had to be in a okay. different okay. department. So yeah. You say you kind of you, you, you kind of yeah, held yeah. Oh, of you held not. Not. You know no, no, what I mean? No. Yeah, we put it on hold until it was legal. We were just really good friends. We went to we went to church together. Yes, exactly. We went to Barnes and Noble. You know, we read books. That was it. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Okay, so so she goes to another division. How long was the courtship before y'all got Not married? Not long. Did you uh, just say courtship? Yeah. This is old fashioned. I've been watching a lot of uh, Little House on the Prairie. Of, uh, <laughs> medieval type shows. You mean Downton Abbey? Yes. They do. <laughs> this guy. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> uh Six months, seven months dating, six, okay. seven months engaged. All right. Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah, I'm a year or two. So, yeah. From dating to married. Right. So, I get it. What were you like? Nine Oops. years? You do. Yeah. You're like, hi. <laughs> Lots of time. <laughs> this ain't going to work. And <laughs> uh, not you're doing It's Tiffany. She goes, yeah, I'm not sure. Wait, how long did you say? <laughs> I'm not sure. How long did you say you? A year to the day. Literally, we got married a year after our first date. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Huckleberry? We got, oh, good. So. It was about a year and a half till we got engaged. Two years till we got married. Two yeah. and a half years till we got married. Patient yeah. man, yeah. first yeah. girlfriend ever. Yeah. So <laughs> now, <laughs> now you mentioned Pushpay hit all of these records, right? Mm-hmm. As a company, and it was it was not super fulfilling because it's just the next, the next, the next, the next. Which I think a New Zealander that's in New Zealand would look at it and say, "That's what I'm talking about," right? Like. You're seeing no fulfillment for all of the hard work. You're not reaping any of the benefits for it. But then push pay is acquired, right? You go right. to a transition. Walk us through kind of that because that's another kind of scary, scary point. Like you, you moved. You invested all your time. I mean, you almost fired your wife. <laughs> for what now? And so walk us through that time. Yeah, we reached a point where we just slowed down yeah. and the the drive behind the company became this idea of just profitability. Yeah. And that's great. Like they reached that stage. Like I'm I'm happy for them. Yeah. But I got bored, frankly. I'm like, we're not going to double this year? Mm. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, the team last year grew from 50 to 100. So you're not saying I get to take the 200s. Yeah. We're going to take a little bit of a different approach. And uh, so it, I knew it just wasn't for me. And yeah. so that is back to your question earlier of did people tell me I made the wrong decision? Mm. That is when, when I quit, I think 28-year-old VP of sales, 150 people on the team, company growing like crazy, uh, not compared to what we used to do, but still by most standards, mm. uh, almost everyone told me I made a mistake. Mm. 
I had people tell me, you hit the lottery, that's never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Mm. You just reached the apex of your career, was what someone said. Mm-hmm. And it's all downhill from here. Mm. And oh. so uh, that was a, that was an insecure moment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something that's going through my head right now, it's a little scary what, about what you're saying here. Because at first you said, this is my purpose. Yeah. Right. This is, this is the job I want because it's my purpose. I'm fulfilled by this job. Now you're saying not anymore. So as a listener, I'm sitting here thinking, "Uh uh-oh. So something that I could be doing that is my purpose can end up not being my purpose? That's what happened to me. I was diehard for Mm. what we were doing. And Mm. uh, over the course of, let's call it two years, slowly but surely, it it started to chip away. And mission wasn't the most important thing anymore. The co-founders moved on to do something else. Mm. There was nothing. We hit the billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had all the, the numbers, and so it was a why. I know why I'm here, but why am I still here? Mm-hmm. And and I didn't have a good enough reason to stay. Did that transition happen after it was the co-founders left? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it was new regime, exactly. New motivation. Now it was about profitability. Yeah, profitability, and and they went on to do some amazing things. Like they yeah. they launched other products and different yeah. other things. But yeah. in terms of just growth for the sake of growth, yeah. just blind faith, and if you don't make it, you're out, and we'll just bring in the next person. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that stopped. I want to take a quick break and thank our partners, Sleep Number, and highlight a couple of things they're doing, guys. These Sleep Number beds are unreal. The technology that they've created. The feedback that it gives you on your sleep. I've got the app opened up right here. They tell you things like your heart rate, your heart rate variability, your breathing rate, all these type uh, metrics and feedback to give you so that you can improve your quality of sleep. They're all over the place. You can go and check yourself out, a sleep number store, wherever you live. Go to sleepnumber.com as well. They've got great resources on there. We just talked about this not too long ago. They have a whole blog section, all these articles, things that you can improve your health. Sleep Number is definitely changing the game when it comes to betting. So get yourself to Sleep Number, get yourself to sleepnumber.com and check them out. Now back to the episode. Okay, walk us through the decision though. You say you were bored, but what was it that made you say, hey, look, I'm walking away from you know, a great job that people say that I, I can't replicate. Um, I mean, inside, because there's a lot of people that, are in jobs that are like, ah, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, I shouldn't. Yeah. But very few, and I don't say very few, a, a, a big chunk of those people are saying, well, I can't leave. I've got mm. responsibilities. I've got this. I got to do that. Like, mm. I can't leave. I'm, this mm. is what I know. Mm. And, and just stay miserable. You decided, hey, I'm not going to live in this. I'm not going to stay in this space right now. Yeah, it was a really, a really tough decision. I resigned in January, and it, well, I didn't leave until September. So I oh, stuck around wow. nine months, nine months mm-hmm. huh? because I didn't want to leave uh, the team yeah. in, a, in a hole. Mm-hmm. And so I hung in there when I had to drag myself to work every day. I really yeah. didn't enjoy it. So mm-hmm. it was a culmination of a lot of things. Um, in hindsight, I can say this because I had some, I've had some time to process and think through it. But ultimately, it came down to I wasn't proud of the person I was becoming. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was the summary of it. I wasn't proud of the husband I was. I wasn't proud of my... I, w- I was more cynical than optimistic. I was more um, work-driven than like people-driven. Mm-hmm. And it just began to weigh on me. For context, uh, over a two-year period, I had 208 people either quit or get fired under my leadership. 
208 faces. Were you the one making those decisions? Almost too? every time. Man, that's rough. Almost every time. That and so yeah. we went through layoffs, we went through terminations. Mm. And so it was almost every Friday I was exiting someone from the business. Mm -hmm. So you just get quite callous yeah. and withdrawn and you start treating people as their number. And I, I only remembered the people's names that hit their quota to give you an insight as to how dysfunctional wow. I was becoming. Wow. And so I just noticed that and I'm like, this is not, I'm not, this is, despite the paychecks, despite the accolades, despite this great job, uh, it's not worth it. That's demoralizing. That Having that job and being in that role. So what was your role at the time? Was it head of sales? Head or of were sales, you, yeah. Head of sales. That is, I mean, being a business owner, um, we have this conversation all the time. Is, is, you know, I've, I've always had this conversation with people. It's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to do yeah. is to let someone go. It's it the takes, worst part it, of the job. It takes a, like part of your soul. Yep out of who you are it doesn't matter what the situation is yeah. to terminate someone is is it takes a lot out of you so let, let's go back to sick that chris had had already exited exited the company correct he left he he had planned to but right. uh he, so he was the ceo right. and so he had to he had a lot more responsibilities and whatnot so um okay. there was not i think he left maybe six to nine months after i did okay yeah all right but so, his co-founder had left so did you have any footing on what you you're gonna leave the company is there any footing of what am i gonna do next <laughs> uh i knew chris and i had always talked about doing something again mm -hmm. but we had no plans and that was the other scary thing is the only plan that i had was uh we're gonna go travel we went to europe for three months then back home to new zealand for three months mm -hmm. so i just said to myself i'm gonna take six months off and not interview and uh so that was scary as well because mm -hmm. I didn't know what was next. Right. Yeah. So what was the trip back at home? You said six months back, you were back in New Zealand. What was that like? Yeah, yeah what did you learn over that time? Because a lot of people wish that they could do that, yeah. but just never actually do it. I went through an identity crisis because uh, all of my identity was wrapped up in what we had accomplished and in the title and then I drove a Tesla. It's no big deal. It's um, there you go. It's, there you go. It's a Model S. It's kind of a fast car. You have heard of it. It's all good. talking about? I have money. There's performance. Yeah. So, I mean, just walking away was just tough. Yeah. And I, I, you don't realize it in the moment how much of your life is just consumed by this thing. And then it stops overnight. And I didn't realize I had a company laptop. I had a company phone. My internet was paid for by them. So Friday, you have busy calendars. Mm -hmm. People are calling you. You have a meetings all day. And then Saturday, it stops. Mm -hmm. And no one's reaching out to you anymore. No one wants your opinion. No yeah. one wants your advice. Identity crisis. I don't know. That sounds yes. glorious to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can my email stops. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm hooked on it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. So, so, okay. So, but you take, you take these six weeks, you travel. Yes. What did you, I mean, were you intentional about, Hey, look, I'm just going to like, pro, I'm going to decompress first of all, yeah. but am I thinking through what's next? I mean, what was that kind of six week journey like for you? One of my mentors told me, don't cheat yourself out of this time because you could spend the entire time thinking about what's next and then you're going to find something. Yeah. And when you find that thing, you'll wish you actually spent mm -hmm. it off. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I try to be really, really intentional about not talking and Good. not thinking. Not I didn't do any interviews. And then I really started to get itchy around month five. Mm -hmm. And I did, uh, you know, Seth Godin, the yep. kind of marketing guru. He yep. has a, a, an online course called The Old MBA like sort of a four-week intensive for folks that haven't gone and got an MBA. Yeah. So I did that, and that was that got me going for about another month, and then I was really itching. And then yeah. Chris called me and said, want to do it again. Mm. <laughs> All right, so what does that call like? He, he literally said, do you want to go again? And I said, sure, with conditions. 
Now uh, you're back in. I've, I've gone back to the states at that point. Okay, so, so the, back yeah, in the, the plan okay. was always to come back. Okay, right. yeah, the plan was always to come back. So Chris says, "Hey, you want to do it again?" And uh, I said, "Sure," with conditions. Yeah. Condition number one: leave Seattle. Yeah. No, no, not a knock on So you're the northwest. reason. Right. All right. That's it. All right. That's why we're here. Uh, I'm taking that. Uh, there uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You actually convinced You're welcome, Darren. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome, Darren. Why, why Texas? Um, I had a, a, a lot of different options, but uh, Texas for the, the cost of starting a business, mm-hmm. significant tax credits and all those things, right. cost of living, cost of hiring, central time zone for a sales-driven org mm-hmm. is huge. Right. Yeah. And then travel. I mean, you can travel anywhere in a couple of hours instead of wasting your whole right. week going from east to yeah. west. Yeah. Hey, David, can you cut that clip? Because I'm going to use that for work. It's said way better with a New Zealand accent, so I'm just going to start playing <laughs> that for go. customers. There you go. <laughs> so it had no scenic value. It was all about business then. It was all the life, man. No. Quality no, of life no, no. in general. Quality of life in general. But quality of life in general. What well, okay, man. Go, you're from New Zealand. Yes. Where the quality of life is outstanding. Oh, that's a good point. Right? You go to Seattle where, I'm not, I know it rains all the time, but yep. the scenic view is, are it is. beautiful. Yes. Yeah, twice you, a year twi- when Mount Rainier comes through the clouds, it's, it's awesome. so nice. Twice <laughs> a year. You come to flat-ass Texas. This is a business decision that you made. Flat-out business decision. Sure. Yeah, yeah we're wrong with that. Want to make sure. I'm trying to come up with reasons that you're wrong, but uh, I don't think you are. Yeah. So you yeah. pick out, you say, hey, listen, I, this, is, this is what I want to do. We, we got to leave here. Mm. Uh, we got to go somewhere else, whether Texas, whatever, go yeah. somewhere else. And then did you already have, did Chris already kind of think of this idea or he already had it planned out or was it like, hey, help me with this? So the, the rule of thumb that we run with when you're thinking about entrepreneurship and yeah. starting something in general is what are you most passionate about? What are you going to be the best in the world at and how will you monetize it? Yeah. So that's the rule of thumb. Yeah. We've, ta- we've yes. talked about that in yeah, the past. And so uh, the first question is what are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. And so Chris asked me on that same call, what do you, you want to go again? Uh, what are you passionate about? And I just responded immediately, leadership. Yep. Youth leadership specifically, because yeah. that was my journey. But mm-hmm. leadership in the sense of if I went from a team of one to a team of 100 with no training, wasn't equipped, wasn't set up for success, there are other people out there like that and they need help. Yeah. So that was, that was the passion. Uh, what can we be the best in the world at is we know how to build a software company. Mm-hmm. We're not the leadership coaches and consultants in the mm-hmm. world. We're not yeah. your John Maxwells, your Patrick Lincioni's, your Brene Browns. Like, they're just not us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then how do you monetize it? I think that's what most entrepreneurs and founders miss yeah. is you, you think you think a successful company is birthed out of a good idea. Yeah. It really isn't. Yeah, if you it, love what you do, you'll figure out how to no, make money. Not yeah. true. Yeah. Not true. It's based on, it's, it's ruthless execution on finding a way to make the margins work. Say which, that again? One more time. Ruthless execution on finding a way to make the margins work. I'm finding a way to make the margins work. Yeah, because it's really easy to build something that has no doesn't have enough meaning in the market for uh-huh. you to actually sell it for mm-hmm. any meaningful price to drive, continue to drive uh, income for the business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, you had that conversation and what's Chris's response? What's okay. Well, I've got this perfect idea. It was Providence. Yeah. He had, he had uh, reserved the domain name leader.com about yeah. a month before that. And it was just oh, off no. to the races. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And when I called my, one of my now board members, his name's Peter, when I called Peter and said, hey, I'm tossing up all these things of what to do next. I've got this VP of sales offer over here. I've got this head of sales thing over there. And this one's paying this much money and this one's paying this much money. He goes, okay, okay, okay. And I said, and then Chris called me and he goes, take that one. I was like, I haven't even told you what it is yet. <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
He goes, because when someone like Chris calls you and says, do you want to go again? You always say yes. Huh. And oh, so wow. part of this for me, we talk about like what's motivating. Yeah. Part of this for me is I just want to work with people I want to work with. Mm -hmm. And I want to be surrounded by people that make me better. Yeah. And so my whole team that we brought down here with us, there's probably a good 15 of us that are doing round two. We're just all cut from the same cloth, all want to do something heavily mission mission orientated, and I'll take this team and do anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay, so tell us what leader is. I mean, mm. that that help transis, transitions us into what you're doing now, the mission that you have, because we talked about mission multiple times. Yeah. And I look, I, I sat in at your end of year. I guess it was the end of year. That's right. Meeting. And I ran out of there ready to run through a wall. It was awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I, I know the leadership believes in it, mm. but even more important, I know that your team believes in it. We have an amazing team. They, they love what we do and what we're about. So our mission is to see a million leaders developed. And so we want to do that through building some really simple software that coaches you on how to be a good leader. Mm. So if you think about someone that's stepping into leadership for the first time and has no idea on how to have tough conversations, how to do goal setting, how to gather feedback, how to just sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one where you're actually investing into people. Mm -hmm. People don't have a playbook. Yeah. And so we've just found, hey, give them a blueprint, give them some, some software that they can use to help make their life easier, and it's going to turn culture around overnight. Man, I needed you back in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took on a leadership role in my previous career, and mm. there was no – I mean, my boss was pretty good about, you know, right. hand, you know teaching some things, but – there was, it was just like, hey, go for it. Go, there was, go, there was go no, lead. There's yeah. no playbook. Yeah. 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 And, and, and most of the time, that doesn't work. Right. right. It didn't work. But yeah. That's why I'm not doing it anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. hey, have you like, noticed that, that, that that's where the market is? is that's where, have you noticed like big business? You've seen big businesses right. without any protocols or systems in place. Have yeah. you, how, how often are you running into that? So uh, the, the fascinating thing about our journey is that we launched in the middle of COVID. Uh -huh. So we only signed up our first customer sort of 18 months ago. Oh, wow. And so the driving impetus behind wanting change is this great resignation that everyone keeps talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And when you dig into it, the lack of engagement in a team is the lack of engagement with your leader. Mm -hmm. And so the, the thing that big companies are experiencing, I was reading uh, just the other day, the amount of bonuses that have gone out on Wall Street. Right. Did you read this article? No. Uh -uh. They said that in relation to the revenue that was made last year and the bonuses that went up it was triple the year prior less less money was made on wall street but bonuses were paid out in triple because they're bleeding talent mm. and they think yeah. the way to solve it is just, just by pay paying more, more. Yeah. Wow. and so wow. people are missing the point and um part of the great wow. resignation is people aren't leaving for bigger titles bigger paychecks they're leaving for better quality of life yeah. mm -hmm. and they're, they're leaving for autonomy and flexibility and just a healthier work environment and so I think even in big companies, right. maybe even especially in big companies yeah. where there is no direct care and development associated with how you treat your employees, I mm -hmm. think it's where they need it most. Yeah. No, so, so how are you guys going about creating these leaders? You know, you said it's a software, it's an app, but... Yeah. How exactly does it work? So we have, uh, a, a, you get a login, it's, it's on an app, it's on a desktop, and we basically say, well, there's five things you have to do with our app for us to count you as a leader. Mm. So that's meet with your people one-on-one -on -one every week, no matter what. Uh, recognize people for their unique strengths. So mm. uh, everyone loves their personality assessments, your Enneagram, your Myers-Briggs. Mm. Typically, they, they take the assessments and then you put them in a filing cabinet and you never talk about them again. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So we try and match that information up to make you more effective. Uh, gathering feedback, not waiting for the annual review to give someone feedback and surprising mm -hmm. them once a year with how hey, you're doing a terrible job, yeah. but frequent feedback throughout the year. 
goal setting and then development plans. So basically we say, here's a login, here's how to do these five things simple and we'll train you and coach you on how to run it. So are you tracking, are you tracking these milestones throughout the, is the software tracking these milestones? Yeah, throughout? so we have 8,806 leaders right now. Wow. wow. That is something. So where did these principles come from? Why these, why those five things? Most of it is, uh, you mentioned earlier, I wish I had this in 2017. The funny thing about the whole journey is I'm just building this for me. <laughs> like that's the most <laughs> hilarious part, right? Like every, everyone needs to be held accountable to do the right thing. Yeah. And so uh, it, it came out of a lot of our experience. We did a ton of research. We read all the books. Um, but at the end of the day, it's what did I wish I had at the time? Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your target market really for the first year and a half has been targeting churches, right? That was a market that right. you knew really well, relationships from push pay. Yep. Um, but again, I, I, man, the opportunity, because there's so many organizations that, that try to put people into leadership roles and, oh, you're going to mentor this group and you're going to do this, but they have no idea. No and idea. they're just like on the, you know, in the wind figuring out, okay, hey, I'm going to do this or I'm going to try that or I'm going to, I'm going to go to lunch with you. I'm going to have some one-on-one -on -one time, which is great. <laughs> right. I love it. But having an actual structure, because so many of us, what I love about your product is it makes people look like natural leaders. Right. And as opposed mm -hmm. to like, you're just following a playbook, man. <laughs> yeah. right. Like fooling everybody. And, and look, fake yeah. it till you make it because sure. you start applying these things. Now it's, it becomes ingrained in you. Now you're actually a leader. Exactly. Like it actually is now is ingrained in you. Yeah. But at first it's like, dude, I'm making you look like a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> right? is, is it like a monthly subscription? How, how do people pay for this? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We paid annually uh, based on the size of your team. Got yeah. it. So what yeah. if it's just an individual that just wants to learn how to be a leader? You just subscribe to... We've, we've found that it only works in, in spaces where you're actually leading others. Mm. And the, the cutoff seems to be somewhere around sort of 10 to 15 staff mm -hmm. where, you're, where the, uh, you're going from a, maybe somewhere in a basketball team moving somewhere to a football team mm -hmm. and everything breaks. Okay. And you can no longer just sit down around a table and talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. You've got layers and processes yeah. and that's where things start to really hurt. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's usually where the breakdown happens. Okay. How difficult is it to sell this product? Because it's not a physical product that you can touch and feel. Right. It's more of a, uh, whatever the word is. But, SAS model. Well, SAS, I mean, yeah. now it's physical, right? It's it's online. It's an app. So it's a uh, real thing. It's, <laughs> NF, it's an NFT for yeah. leadership training, right? <laughs> uh, the, the, what we're really, so we're selling software, but what we're really selling is, is habitual change. Mm -hmm. we're, what we're really selling is the way you've done things isn't going to work anymore. And so you have to change. And then to mm -hmm. your point, uh, you wake up six months later after doing these things and you're like, oh, wow, I've, I'm a better leader. It's like, yeah, yeah you're doing mm. the basics. Yeah. So most of our sales process, quote unquote, and most of our implementation process is trying to walk you through how to set some of these habits in place, which potentially you've never done before. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, why isn't this stuff talked about more growing up or in school or... Like, why aren't those principles? Because those principles can translate. Sure. Right? Yeah. So why, aren't, why isn't something that's just that's brought up more, do you think? I think it's really hard. Mm. I think it's really hard to lead people well, and it's too easy to focus on the mission, too easy to focus on the execution, on the results, on the outcomes. Mm. And so we make trade-offs. We say, me accomplishing mm. this thing is more important than me having a healthy culture in my team or a healthy relationship with this individual. 
And so I'm not going to focus on care and development. I'm just going to focus on winning production and yeah. just focus on production. Yeah. And you forget that the only reason you have the outcomes is because you need to put inputs into your people from the jump. And so mm. I just think it's, I just think it's really hard to do it well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I mean, I make a correlation for this is it's like working out, right? If you just show up and you're like, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You don't track anything. You mm -hmm. don't, you know, record your progress. You don't say, okay, Hey, this day, you know, you have it on paper. Like, okay, Hey, here's my workout. Here's what I'm trying. Here's my goal that I'm trying to get to. And here's the steps to get there. And you're just like freelancing. That was me for four years and working out. And we've talked about it a lot. And then you get on a plan where it's okay. We're tracking. We're, we're grading, mm -hmm. we're giving feedback on it, we're tweaking, we're changing, doing all these things. That's when progress is made. And so if you're, if you're out there and you lead an organization or you lead a team, is this, this just simplifies, like you said, it's very simple software. Right. It simplifies the process of what can seem to be very complex goals. Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. It just, it just simplifies it. And it just makes it, man, I, I love the, and I'm like, just, Hire me, hire me, and I'll, I'll go take it <laughs> in the corporate right. world because we just need more leaders out there yeah. that are that recognize that if we're investing in our people, the investment, the ROI on that, even on a monetary value, is yeah. exponential. Because if you have people that want to be there, that care yeah. to be there, and believe that the leadership cares about me, man, your motivation to come in every day is completely different as opposed to, hey, I just got to scrape by. 100%. Now I'm invested in producing for Matt because – I trust Matt. I respect Matt and I love Matt and Matt loves me too. Yeah. Is is that a relatively within years? Is that a relatively new um new way to approach leadership? Like Darren, maybe that's the question better for you, but like Cuz you're 20 so years ago, yeah. Mm. 20 years ago, it was the emphasis as much on people as it was on numbers. I'm just curious how that that evolution has come about. Yeah, I think it was more on production than knowing the people that I, I think yeah. we've come so far as far as knowing that your production comes from people like it really does right. we, we, we always talk about now we're in the people business mm -hmm. now right back then it was hey you're you're in a factory and you are number five you better produce mm -hmm. and that's how it's been for a long time and, that, and I'm so curious go back on the three I want to go mm -hmm. back to those three core values which what were the three the passionate uh, what, what are you what are you most passionate about what are you best in the world at and how do you monetize okay so when you have this and, and you guys are structured a little differently as far as leadership mm -hmm. uh, leader is you bring you actually bring in some of those leaders within the church right right and and uh, is that a consulting side of this or uh, give us a give us that understanding of how you guys bring them in as a group and then we uh in some cases mm -hmm. we'll we'll zoom and do zoom trainings that uh -huh. way in some cases we'll fly on site and then in other cases uh we'll host these round tables right um because the way that we feel about it is we're not the experts we've we've done this once i me me personally i've done this one time uh, and there are people out there far better positioned to coach you through all mm -hmm. of the things that you're going through so the best thing that we can do is facilitate right. so we just like to get the thought leaders in a room we just mm -hmm. get them around a round table and say what are you going through and sure enough, everyone's going through the same things. Right. And one person in the room's gone through it and has an answer for everybody else. And so we just sit there and sit back and watch. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the best part of it. And yeah. so we're beneficiaries of the content that other people are oh, wow. providing around us. Yeah. So yeah. Talk through awesome. and then the, the fifth service or fifth, I guess, pillar within mm -hmm. within the platform is, is development planning, right? Yes. So talk through this idea because in in the corporate world, 
there's this idea of self-preservation, right? If you're developing other people, he could take my job. Mm. Talk about mm-hmm. how, what you guys are coaching when it comes to, hey, listen, my job is to make you better to grow within the company. Why yeah. is that important? Uh, it's a funny thing to think about is that if you develop your people, what if they leave? Exactly. Yeah. That is a huge argument. And right? And yes, it is. What if I yeah. do a really good job yes. coaching my people and they all quit? You've poured all this time yep. into them and three years later they're out. Yeah. So what? Mm. They're off doing something else that they were probably more called to do than that thing. Mm. And if you've done a good job of building a leadership pipeline, there's someone else stepping into those shoes. And the benefit is if you're a team like ours and your team's growing so quickly, you have a, you're creating enough of a farm system internally and there's enough opportunities internally mm. that they don't need to go outside because there's enough to do here. Yeah, right. So uh, it's almost, you're creating a double-edged sword. You're developing people and saying, I'm going to give you opportunities to challenge and grow you. If you provide the challenges for them to, to grow, they'll stay. Mm-hmm. If you don't provide them because you're not growing quick enough because you're not being aggressive enough with your sales targets, for example, they'll leave. Mm-hmm. So who's at fault? You are. You said lame goals. It's everybody else's fault. I was going to say, what's the alternative? I mean, what's the alternative? You don't develop them well and you suck. They leave anyway. And they yeah. leave anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah Interesting. I, I love that. One one of Darren and I's clients, um, he, he states very consistently is if you are within the organization and you have an idea and you want to go start something, I'll be your first investor. I love that. Mm. And it's like, it's one of the, it, again, it's like, okay, you may leave, but here's the deal is, is I've now created an advocate for my company, for my brand, for my people. Mm-hmm. And all that does is, is, I mean, lack of better term, but like karma, right? It, it really does 100%. create. And then while they're there, they're like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. I'm going to kill myself to help him <laughs> yeah. be successful because yeah. yeah. the more money he makes, the more he's going to invest in me. Yes. <laughs> but I just, it's, it's so backwards. And I think the true leaders out there, the people that I've always followed really are saying, Hey, listen, I, I want you to be better than me. Right. Cause that's, that's better yeah. for everybody. Yeah. yeah. That's better for the big picture for, for the whole world at this one shot that we have on this life. Yeah, I did that. One shot that we have on this life is make this place better. And that's so where we good. talk about impact. Yeah. And I want to talk about your thoughts on, okay, look, we've been given this opportunity. You have an extremely powerful platform being a CEO of a company that is doing amazing things. You know, how important is it to you, not only just impact on your team, on revenue, on that, but like on the, in the community and impact on the people around you? It's everything. So we have a, we have a, we use Slack and we have a channel in there that's called what we're hearing. And so every day people are posting quotes from our customers mm-hmm. on the experience that they're getting mm-hmm. with the tool. And it's things like, I've been working with my leader for seven years and it's only in the last seven months that I've felt led. Mm. Huh. Mm. Isn't that wow. crazy? Yeah. I've been working with this person for seven years and they never took the time to ask me. Instead of, they said the key difference of saying things like, uh, instead of how's your wife doing, like how's Susie doing? Yeah. Instead of how your kid's doing, it's how's Johnny They're doing? doing yeah. It's those small mm. little things that make a massive mm. impact. And so one, it's those stories. But two, I tell my team, I think one day we're going to wake up and look back on this journey and we're going to recognize that we did it for who we were becoming internally. Yeah. And I've got so many stories that we announced uh, uh, 11 promotions t- two weeks ago that we did last quarter mm-hmm. and all of them were internal all of them were people that came and did some entry-level roles or maybe senior roles and now were put in positions of leadership for the first time one person's joined the company and said i never want to lead ever 
again because I've done it in the past and the way that I was led and the way I was told to lead, I don't want to be that person. They came here and said, but I'll be a part of the team. They came here and said, okay, there's actually a way to do this that's life-giving. Yeah. And so he raised his hand and now he wants to be in leadership. So it's stories like that yeah. where it's yeah. you're actually impacting we're gonna we're gonna hit the numbers. Yeah. We're gonna grow this company. We're gonna we're gonna hit all the records. We're gonna hit the million leaders like unequivocally. Yeah. But the cool stories is gonna be the mats that I was five years ago at Pushpay, and the stories that are gonna come out of now and recognize people don't realize how much they were growing, and developing in the journey. Mm -hmm. And that's what mm -hmm. gets me fired up. So yeah, I love yeah. the what we're hearing channel. Yeah. But I really prefer hearing the stories of my team and how well they're yeah, crushing it. I love so, that. Something you said a second ago. Have you read the book uh, Power of Moments? Mm -mm. The Power of Moments. So it talks about what you were just saying, recognizing people. Yeah. And it, it was, they did the survey and they talked about these companies, you know, they do these annual awards or these big event, these big grand events to recognize people. And they were saying what actually makes employees more loyal is the simple compliment mm -hmm. that you were just saying a second yep. ago. The simple recognition of how you're doing a great job. Yep. I love, I love your effort. Here's a small little token, as opposed to these companies thinking we've got to do this big grand it's the little stuff. Exactly. It's the little stuff mm -hmm. that makes the biggest impact. So a year ago when uh, everyone, all the companies were struggling with burnout and all their employees were sick of Zoom calls like everybody else, uh, Nike was applauded for sending their staff home for a free week. Do you remember reading about yeah. this? Yeah, I and do. everyone yeah. celebrated mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I can't believe that Nike shut down yeah. Like all of their production, they didn't shut down their sweatshops, but they shut down. <laughs> they shut down everything else. Hey, hey, those, hey, those kids are still working. Yeah, they needed. They needed to work. We fit in communism and child slavery in this conversation. This is great. Nailed Racism it. is next. <laughs> um, so what's the third C that we're going over? Right. Uh, and they were reported for it, and it's yeah. really sad because is that going to solve the problem? No, sending people all. home yeah, for a week, right. they're going to come back to the exact same working environment. So actually what you should do, how about this? How about you treat people well? Mm. <laughs> Crazy thought. Crazy what idea. do you Quit. think? You should we try that? Right that? Yeah. <laughs> See, there's <laughs> <right>. that communism. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I think it's sad. I think yeah. Yeah. So people need to wake up to the reality that your employees have options yeah. and that there's uh, oh, something especially else. today well, oh as my competitive gosh. as it's it competitive. is today you, yes yeah. you said it earlier and you probably went through this I know I went through this Darren I'm sure you did as well it's you get so me, you never no, just us. sorry <laughs> <laughs> but you get so wrapped up in your tasks that you have to do as that leader or at least I did mm -hmm. I got so wrapped up and I got to hit these numbers I got I forgot about the people yeah. so mm -hmm. I get it yeah. that it's so obvious it hits yeah. you right in the forehead yeah but when you're in the fire, it's a lot harder to remember that. Yeah. That it's just, it's all about the people. You know, yeah. we have such an old school, like, again, you know, my age difference is different than you guys. But the, back then it was, you know, just do your damn job. Mm. You know, that's that's the way things have gone for so long. Just do your job. And I, you've heard me say it. You tell me every day. Many times, just do your job, <laughs> right? But that's not the reality anymore. Right. In today's world, we're, 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 it's, it's a global economy. It's, you're competing with everyone. doesn't matter if you're a developer or if you're, you know, you're, you're laying tiles somewhere. You're competing with everyone. Mm. So you better treat your employees the right yeah. way. Yeah. This is awesome, man, to hear because I, you and I have already, always had, have already had a conversation about my software company. Yeah. Yeah. This is the perfect fit. Right. I have 15 people. On staff, this is the leader is the perfect fit for my company. I'll, yeah. I'll take no, the commission for signing him yeah. up. <laughs> 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 so let's be clear: you're not going to put 
this on your leaders. This is for you to be an actual good <laughs> oh, leader. Oh, heck no. I'm not going to put that on, I'm put that on my leaders. Hey, show up. I ain't got this time for that. I ain't got time for that. Do your job. <laughs> that should be the sixth principle. Do, Do your, your job. job. Yeah. I'm going to add that in. That's a great idea. No, man, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, I, let me just say this, man. I know that, that you're extremely busy. I'm I, I'm glad that you get to take some time. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna shut it down for four days I'm and then come right back to back yep. right back to the grind. Yeah. yeah. But uh, man, we appreciate you coming in, taking some time with us. Uh, you're in a yeah. crazy, crazy busy season, and man, uh, just the wisdom that you've shared and encouragement you shared is is gonna impact someone. Yeah. And uh, man, we're, we're really grateful. But then also too, what you're doing with leader because. I, this has to get out to the masses. Like mm. I'm a firm yeah. believer because we need this. Yes. We need to, we need to run business better. We just really do. And, yeah. and I say that in, in a large, a large percentage of your clients are churches. Yeah. And here's the reality is churches are businesses. They're, they're startups. Yeah. Like if you go plant a church, it is a business. The problem is, is a lot of churches don't want to run like businesses. Cause it's like, no, 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 no. We're different. Mm. But the best churches that impact the most people actually take that mindset, right? Exactly. And are implementing like principles, yeah. like some that yeah. leader are providing and saying, okay, no, 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 we, we need to approach this differently. But man, what y'all are doing and hopefully on a global scale, on a massive global scale sooner rather than later, man, I think a million leaders is, is a little, you talk about like, Attainable goals. Yeah, it's pretty attainable. Dude. Don't <laughs> so be you're average. At, you're at eight thousand today. <laughs> Don't be average, man. A million is maybe it should be a billion leaders. Billion leaders. Let's, let's crank it up a little. All bit. right, let's. let's what, dip what's this the thing? You gonna pump those numbers up? <laughs> 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 Just a billion. So so half. Do the math on that real quick. But man, we appreciate, we appreciate, appreciate the time, man. Darren, what's, hold on, no, Darren's no. thinking right now. No, I'm just it's just burning my mind that you know what Matt said today is just you know this doesn't have to just and I know the target is you're, you're working with a lot of churches, yeah. but it, it crosses over so much into yeah. corporate America. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking all across the country. And it just came to me to think like, there are so many companies that are out there that I'm speaking to who this model can just, yes. you know, you just implement this model and yeah. save yeah. yourself some time, right? Yeah. you know, just, so it, if you have Darren speak 30 days from now, you're going to oh, have I'm a, already, fresh already new, sold it. a fresh new <laughs> presentation. Uh, trust me, I'm already burned it up. I've already got it. I asked you three times, what are your three, your core values? <laughs> i got a speech to write here. <laughs> what do we do? What, man? I really appreciate how you. Can yeah, people find, yeah. How can people find Leader? Uh, L-E-A-D-R, without the second E. Dot com L-E-A-D-R. And you can email me at matt at leader.com if you want to reach me. That's uh, bold. Yeah. It's hey, really bold. bring it on. Hey, yeah. all 12 of our talk. listeners are going to probably <laughs> email you. Say you love emails. Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, You're going to be busy for like five you. minutes on all those emails. <laughs> <laughs> Game on. I love it. No, this was a pleasure, guys. Thanks yeah. for having me. This yeah. was fun. It was so yeah. fun, man. And again, you know, anything that we can do for you, we're, we're huge advocates for, yes. for what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but man, we're just super grateful. Love it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.